Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 322. We talked a lot about Marvel's Fresh Start. Yeah, we did. I mean, it, it actually was really for... It was a, actually fresh. Yeah, for the starting of these yeah. new numbered... Yeah. Because it wasn't reboots or a reset. It was just pretty much new story arcs going in different directions. I mean, one of the books that I did talk about, though, seems really out of this world in more ways than one. <laughs> and it's just interesting to try to figure out what the fuck's going on. Yeah. It's it's going in a good direction. Uh, fuck, there's a couple other books that I didn't even mention now that I'm thinking of it that I read. Because we talked about a lot of shit. We did. We did. And we're just going to leave that as a mystery. Which, which Fresh Start books out of the many that came out? Fresh Start. Well, we also talked a, a bit about some television shows that we're looking forward to. Yep. Uh, will Disney finally get the Fox uh, Marvel It's the will stuff? they, won't they of the year. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> DC also has their own uh, streaming service coming out. Yep. I mean, Disney has theirs. Uh Talked a bit about maybe why with the Marvel uh, character that has been resurrected and a new power. And, oh, yeah. I mean, well, saying Marvel resurrected character could mean like 20 people this year. It's so true. It's true. Which one is it? It's true. Uh, yeah. And then uh, finally Kingdom Hearts news. And hopefully we'll have some more of that uh, yes. next week too with E3 happening. So with that, uh, grab some fine wine. Mm. Grape juice. Yeah. And enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 322. I love door knockers. <laughs> that if I get excited about something, my volume won't go up exponentially. But we already pre-talk about what we're <laughs> It doesn't talk matter. About. I get passionate about things, Tony. Especially if I'm giving you shit. <laughs> and giving me the sweet, sweet wine. It is fucking delicious. It does taste it tastes like juice, doesn't it? Yes, it you does. You would never suggest no that it has alcohol in it. Well, I mean you can taste that it's Can you? No, well, you can taste a little bit that it's whiny like if you were to give me grape juice and this, mm-hmm. I'd almost think, this is this a wine? I, like, I'd question it. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily just think it's wine. Right. If you told me it was grape juice, I'd be like, because it does have the distinctness of a wine. Right. But it does taste bit. just like grape juice. It does. It's delicious. It is good. I'm not a big wine drinker, but. This is from Mixon Fruit Farms and. Bradenton, Florida. Way to go, mixed in fruit farms. Where'd you pick that up at? Local shop or? I had friends who went to Florida and came back and said, here, we got you some wine because my friends know me so well. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. It was, and it's very good. I'll have to make sure to let them know it was delicious. So as we drink our wine as like fine connoisseurs yes. instead of beer this week. Um, we give remembrance to another fine connoisseur of many things, Anthony Bourdain. Yes. Um, it's 
He was like Sick. the coolest fucking dude, right? Mm-hmm. He was just the cool. Like I, his show. I mean, what who what chefs are going around just eating street food out of places and like In fucking pig hearts and places. shit like that. But like, like not scorpion only, or monkey brain. Right. And... Well, not only that, like he also went into the parts of this country that aren't foodie places, right? They're the marginalized societies and eating food there and enjoying it. And it's like he was just a salt of the earth kind of guy. So I like for me who I wasn't I was a fan of his, but I wasn't like I watched all the shows. Right. I knew far more about him than some celebrities because my sister in law adored him and i've come to find out after his passing that there are many people as well that i was like i didn't know that you liked him and they're like oh yeah like his bluntness to everything mm-hmm. and just honesty yeah was refreshing yeah. and it is something that's gonna be lost and when i first heard that he passed i go wow that sucks and then finding out that he took his own life that sucks even more right that is something that is happening way too often and you know i never i never look at blaming you know there's always like you know you blame the the person that committed suicide this that and none of those things are the right way to go about it i read someone in this passing who said that people that have those tendencies some some are crying out to be saved but that's not the ones that actually go through with it The ones that go through with it, at least the celebrity status, some people are like, how can this person who has everything would do that? Like, I would kill to have that life. Well, some of those people, they don't have a private life ever. They're always scrutinized. They have a lot more demons if they have some mental issues because they need to keep everything positive on the outside. Right. And with doing that, then, to some of them, instead of thinking of, you know, family, friends, and everything that will be left behind, they think, ha, I cheated the system. I can get out of having to feel this way. Right. And to them, that's, like, their salvation. Or, instead of feeling like they're leaving people behind, they feel like they're freeing these people because they're a burden. Mm-hmm. Which is usually, I would say, 99.9999999% of the time, never the case. But but that is, you know, their mental state. And right. that, again, goes down to, you know, people have... We think that we're all, we all are the same because we're all the human race, regardless of what our skin tone is. But at the same point, our minds are vastly different in an array of ways. And this is something, though, that has gone on far too long in... I mean, I would say these are... American celebrities. I mean, he is kind of world renowned. Right. And most celebrities, when they do, they're world renowned, whether mm-hmm. it's in music or anything. So I guess I can't necessarily pinpoint if this happens with other celebrities in other places in the world, right. but I really just, the only time kind of getting really into politics is we need better mental health. We do. I agree 100%. And I would like to say that. A lot of the times when stuff like this happens, people are very quick to hand out the suicide hotline and stuff like that. And I would just like to remind people that most of the time people who are suicidal aren't going to reach out to anybody. And they need people to reach out to them. They need somebody to go to them because they're not going to go to anybody. That's the whole That's the whole issue. They feel like they're a burden. Why would they unload their problems on somebody, right? So if you, you know, are 
concerned about a friend, just fucking go talk to them. It may help. You never know. Now, you were telling me he's been with some comic book stuff? Yeah, so Anthony Bourdain actually, very creative man, not only just in food, but he actually really into comic books, too, and he wanted to, he actually, before he became a chef, he wanted to draw comics, and I don't believe he drew any of these, but he has done a few books, including a graphic novel called Get Hero, which is about a sushi chef who beheads people who order California rolls, which I thought was funny. Um, and then he did a, another book series. Ugh, the name is totally out of my head right now. Um, and I had this pulled up, too, in preparation <laughs> for this. Hungry Ghosts, I believe, is what it's oh, called. Oh, yeah, you were telling me that one. Yeah. That interesting. It's a four It's a four-issue series where there's two stories in each one, and it's supposed to be based on this tradi- tradition of samurais where they would tell really disturbing stories to each other to try and, like, see who could tell the most disturbing story. So that sounded really interesting, too. And I would imagine, like, it sounds very much, the type of books that they are sound very much like Anthony Bourdain-type stuff. Like, he's just very into the underbelly of things well his name is synonymous with kind of food when you think of food what's funny is uh last month image came out with the comic book flavor which uh one of the reasons i picked it up because reading about it was it's the first comic book that was ever written that has a um like chef or like food colonist like uh like working on the book too like Mm. And it's, it's, for me, wasn't my cup of tea, but at the same point, it was intriguing enough where I want to read issue two when it comes out, uh, because who would have thought that reading a book about someone who wants, like, in this world where some food scarcity is kind of, but you are the king shit if you make mm-hmm. good dishes and everything, like, yeah. at least that's in the world that it seemed to be put out. It was just the first issue, and it seemed like there's definitely some problems in the world and everything but uh i had when i was reading it i had thought of anthony bourdain and it's cool to then find out that he he enjoyed comics and everything and yeah it sucks that the world can't enjoy him i agree anymore <sighs> sad but we have some comics to review yes i have a bunch of them less sad and a lot of them have to deal with uh, Marvel Fresh Start. Marvel put out a lot of number ones. And when it comes to books, you know, we pride ourselves on a show of trying to pick a variety of different comic books. I mean, there was a couple episodes in a row where we were just Batman-centric with the, well, the metal and everything. To be fair, those were really good. And I still want to talk about <laughs> shit that's going on with Batman right now. Um prelude to this wedding but i feel like we could talk about it every week maybe we'll kind of have a small little segment of what's new in the wedding because it's going to happen in a month or so yeah beginning of july yeah Yeah. so and all those times but anyways besides that marvel then being another big powerhouse that you know i i love that's what i grew up on comic books but have exploded into other directions so we don't want to always just be the Marvel no. house Usually show. I'm very good about throwing some oddball in there. Yeah. Not this week. <laughs> so I'm going to quick kind of run down a, a couple of things. Uh, Deadpool was a good fresh start. Um, 
they ended the other series quite well. Uh, Cloak and Dagger, number one. I found that kind of interesting because... Wasn't of, that a digital series? <coughs> yep, the digital yeah. number one. I found that interesting because, A, that they haven't had a Cloak and Dagger series in a while, and, oh, it coincided with the show. Shocker. Like they're going to do... So, here's the thing with the whole Fresh Starts, and actually that was the first book that I read. Mm-hmm. I was like, are these all going to be, like, origin stories again. Oh, I have a question since you're yes. talking about Cloak and Dagger. So in the original comic book, uh, I can't remember their real names, but Cloak. Candy and Tyrone. So Tyrone was like the poor kid and Candy was like the rich kid. Candy. Candy? Tandy. 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 Dagger <laughs> was like the rich kid. But in the show, they're switched where he's the rich kid and she's the poor white girl. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't so, know. I haven't, unfortunately, I haven't gotten to... Uh, I haven't watched it either, but I read the synopsis because I thought that was a very smart move on their part, personally. But I'm assuming in this comic book, it's the the status quo, right? Is mm-hmm. it is it the same as the original, or did they switch things to match the show? That's the thing that I thought they were going to do. This picks up as if they're adults, so they're, the show is them ah, younger and teenagers. okay. That's what I was about ready to just get to. Okay. I thought these were all going to be origins, so I thought this was going to be a, a rehash of probably the show and everything. Gotcha. And it was kind of cool. They did have kind of a, a flashback to their younger selves when they started, but this was full on. The other interesting part of it, too, was they they were kind of broken up. And so you have Cloak checking up on Dagger. Dagger's kind of helping the police with you know powerhouses, going in there when thugs and everything. And then Cloak's kind of being like a security guard somewhere else but since he can teleport he's always checking up on her you don't know the reason why they broke up you just know that you know candy's kind of like wanting to be away from ty and why she knows that he's always checking up on her because he can so she always has that feeling that he's being watching her and and her kind of explaining you know how he he can't let it go like she has but then still she can't kind of let it go there's a mystery within there but that was where I was actually surprised and going into these other books, like, okay, maybe these aren't going to be what I thought they're going to be. Maybe this fresh start, although I think it's dumb and that they just restarted renumbering them to their legacy numbers and everything, might not be how some of the other reboots were. And I can tell you definitely they aren't. Uh, Immortal Hulk, number one, is a new Hulk series, and that, I mean, being the new moniker for him, sure, you're going to start at a number one. Well, yeah, and he came back to life, so he deserves that moniker. Yeah, and that's part of what they're going to be exploring. Now, he came back to life um, in Secret Empire. He was around uh, after dying at the beginning. There was the finding out that he can't die. Right. Like, Pretty much he's immortal, even though Bruce Banner had always thought if Bruce Banner dies, the Hulk will die with him, and that's what I guess this series is going to explore. I have not been a huge Hulk fan. Yeah. I've been always a big Bruce Banner fan, Ah. and I've loved, I like all the smart people in in the comic book world and how they're trying to outthink things, and so him trying to outthink Banner, or Hulk sometimes, 
that's what I've enjoyed about some of those books. See, that's just the key to a re- well-written character, too. Like, how many characters can you say, well, I like Bruce Banner, I don't really like the Hulk. They're the same fucking person. They're not, but they are the same fucking person. <laughs> and I love the Hulk when he's smart Hulk. Right. Because then he's got Bruce Banner's mind. It's Bruce Banner in a giant fucking mm-hmm. destructoid right. type thing. So this... Uh, sees again him dying, Bruce Banner dying, to kind of put it into perspective. Bruce can die now whenever, but the Hulk's somehow going to come back Mm. and revive him. How that is, what that is, if it Hmm. has always been something and that it just, I don't see them retconning it because he hasn't really died a lot, but he has always come back. So I think this is going to explore that. Now, some of the original Hulk comic books had it being Hulk kind of being a, a monster, and they were more kind of um, monster-type books. I can't think of the correct term for it. This is definitely that kind of vibe, which I'm not a huge fan of, but it worked great, the the creepiness of the Hulk. And the Hulk even was not talking like weird grammar Hulk-like. Hulk sounded smart. He seemed devastating, and uh, he just looked fucking huge. Like, it was one of those things where I'm like, the art on this book is amazing, and I just, I loved it. Then there is Black Panther number one. I'm going to save the one that you're going to talk about that you at least read. Yeah. Black Panther number one is also one that I'm kind of confused about. I do remember in the Marvel, you read the Marvel Legacy, that book that came out last fall that had like a bunch of short stories. Yes. Okay, it had a bunch of short stories. It had kind of like the BC Avengers. And I feel like I did read it. However, I don't recall it. (laughs) Okay, there was, there was a, uh, a scene in there that, uh, had, this uh um this uh futuristic looking wakandan um empire in space and i've been kind of wondering how when does wakanda you know was this like a future vision when does this take place wakanda in space yes like, like on the moon like the no 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 like edge of the galaxy like they're like a sheet. They're an empire. Okay. Because with in the beginning of the book, they talk about how this uh, this galactic empire, much like Wakanda, who's always been about the defense of their nation, these people realize well the greatest defense is kind of offense. If you don't have your enemies near you, mm. they can't attack you. So let's go and colonize and take over these planets. Okay. Much like the Inhumans did. <laughs> yeah. And, and because of that, they have um, this world where, you know, they, they are in, in charge of, you know, the Galactic Empire. And it kind of starts off kind of with more pros of explaining this world. And you're kind of trying to figure out where, when this happened. And you then finally see a person that is definitely T'Challa. And it looks like he's... That's Aurora. Dreaming of storm, except for her eyes look a little cat-like. Yeah, they which do. Which I'm. It's a mystique. 
<laughs> He's dreaming Mystique dressed up as Storm. Which I wonder if people... Uh, it's just an alien shape changer who yeah. he asked to look like that. And they explain uh, oh, that 2,000 years ago, um, these Wakandans uh, detached from, you know, a small... You know, from Wakanda to the outer edge of the, of oh, the so cosmos. They've been there this whole time. Yes, ish. If we know where time stands in this, okay. There's so much confusion of what is going on because T'Challa doesn't know he's T'Challa. He's in a uh, a miners' camp, so he's like a prisoner slave mm-hmm. miners' camp where these people that work for the Empire. They're mining vibranium, so that's still a huge part of this empire. That's interesting. They found another place with vibranium. Did they take it with them and it just grew, or did they actually look for another place that had vibranium in it? Well, here's the thing. I don't know, does this take place within the 616 universe? Is this a kind of a space Punisher Elseworlds? Is this something that... Um, is this all going to be a dream in T'Challa's mind? Well, I don't see that happening. It's going to be a Dallas ending. At the end, uh, they did kind of uh, explain a little bit of things because you don't know how he got there. He doesn't know who he is. He joined the Resistance because um, these rebels uh, got him out of there, one of which by name is M'Baku. Hmm... So what, right when they named this other person, like, oh, they've been going through the galaxy trying to find T'Challa then. So they're going to, again, one of these books where they're going to explain how he got there and everything that happened. Right. But it didn't look like when they saw each other that there was some reunion or anything. Right. And this leader of the the rebels um, kind of says to him, we're going to name you, you know, these are... They're all wearing Black Panther outfit, kind of. So they give her him a Black Panther outfit, because he he fought. They saw him through their monitoring of the Empire and saw him like beating up some guards and like we we knew this guy on our side. Mm-hmm. So that's why they went and got him. I don't know if this is really even T'Challa. That's what she goes. You don't remember your past. You don't have a name. You're nameless. You will be named after a, a great uh, great warrior. And uh, I give you the name, the, the man who was born a king and died a hero, Arise T'Challa. So then is this like way future? Right. Where, is this now? Where he's not really T'Challa? Yeah, he's like, but he's now the new, like, name that? Interesting. I don't know when this, where this goes. And they even kind of are saying, you know, there's probably lots of questions. They're going to be unraveled in the next issues. Fuck! <laughs> you gotta keep reading. It's really good. It, like, huh? The art, like, I really like the the st- the style for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just though, what sucked is sometimes when you're reading some of these books, and again, this was another fresh start. Wasn't a retelling of Black Panther. It's right. definitely a fresh start and a new direction. Yeah. For the series, what uh, you got to sometimes do is just you don't need to know the answers right away reading some of these comic books because it took me fucking forever to kind of get into it being like okay i'm gonna let the story unfold but then at the end i had to kind of start googling being like what the fuck did i just read does anyone know what's going on here or just wait till the next issue yeah that that's hard it is hard but you can do it yes. and then ruin it for yourself 
the other number one, and there was also a couple other ones that I didn't read, but that you at least read too, was Dazzler. Yeah. Number one. And I picked this up because I fucking love Dazzler. She gets a lot of shit. You you know the whole time I was reading this, I was thinking of Jim and the Holograms, I, and she, I was thinking of you. It totally, and it made, and the funny thing about this is the, the bar that they were performing in was called the Holograms. Yeah. I and I was I, like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> that was purposely done. I think so too. And... Dazzler's gotten a bunch of shit. She's a character that most people think is unnecessary. I totally get it. She was created as an ad campaign between Marvel and some music company. That's like her original purpose. And then that fell apart and they still introduced oh, her wow. as a character. I did not know that. She's, but she's super cool and I think her powers are kind of awesome. And I love that she chose to like monetize her powers rather than like, hey girl, do you do you. Anyway, she always ends up being a hero anyway, right? When you have powers, you just use them for good or you use them for evil. But, so, I got to the end of this book. I like how, yeah, if you have yeah. powers, you don't just kind of chill at home. <laughs> yeah. That would be a good book. I just the <laughs> person oh, just... My coffee is cold. Oh, now it's warm. <laughs> <laughs> Today will be a good day. Yeah. Um, so, skipping over the entire synopsis of the book to start, you get to the end of this, and it says Dazzler will appear again in Uncanny X-Men whatever it was. Uh, oh, Astonishing X-Men number 14. So I was like, is this a one-shot? And I like how they now number one-shots. It's number one. It, it used to say one-shot. Yeah, and now it's just number one. So then you're like, oh, is there going to be... No, there's not going to be more of this. This is, in fact, a one, one-shot one issue. And basically, it's I just... Some, here's the thing. I, I sometimes wish... Well, I don't sometimes wish. I love it when they say it's a one shot, because I know I'm getting a self-contained story that will more like more likely it right. tells. There's a reason why they did this one shot. It's usually either well, I guess it's either part of continuity or it's an Elseworlds kind of book. So I guess that doesn't really prove anything with the one shot. But they're important enough to establish that we're do this story need to be told right. For whatever reason. And this, to me, basically is just an introductory. Like, hey, you haven't seen Dazzler in a while. Remember Dazzler? That's for me, too. And I was, and I, to be honest, I probably wouldn't have gone with this book. Yeah. But it was one shot. I'm glad I read it. It's going into the X-Men and the reasons why. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, and this book totally just reaffirmed why I love the X-Men so much. And it's. I mean, I am a weepy bitch when I read the X-Men, but this book made me cry. <laughs> and it always happens when I read X-Men books. I never cry when any, I read any other fucking books. For some reason, anytime I read something X-Men related, something always makes me cry. But I really loved the, the, cause you know, the, they're showing, it used to be the mutants versus normal people. And this book was very much inhumans versus the mutants. And there was a, even a whole street gang of mutants that reminded me very much of the people who used to hunt the mutants back in the day. And now they're turning into that for Inhumans. Yeah, I felt... I didn't like that. I felt that was really... Yeah. Fucked up. Yeah, it was. It is. Hypocritical. It's, to, it's totally fucked up. Basically, they're saying, well... You're just people with powers, so we're better than you because we're mutants. And I'm like, that's not what Professor Xavier wanted at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's wrong with you, people? Well, not only that, but they also aren't... 
Homo sapien. Right. They are, uh, I can't think of the Inhumans thing. I know that they label mutants Homo superior. Right. But what is, you know, the the Inhumans, if you have that gene, you also were at some point in the past, or at least the main line, because the royal family line, they kind of were all enclosed and... Inbred. Yes, pretty much. But I guess that... I guess they already have mutant genes that aren't normally like humans, so right. it protects them from downsiness. But th- with the the Inhumans, they <laughs> oh, I didn't know what else to say. I know, I mean, <laughs> so the, with the Inhumans, though, you uh, they also are a different branch from Homo sapiens, right? Which is everyone else. So I hate that they just call them. No, granted, they did have a giant fight and all. Yeah. But I'm getting sick of this back and forth I know. shit. And it's like one of those things, first of all, not everybody was involved in this fight. You people are just people on the street who live in New York. I can guarantee you none of you were involved in this greater fight that was going on. Oh, uh, Inhumans are in Homo Supremus is their uh, designated sounding in, smart. In Homo Supremus. Yes. All right. It's interesting choice to go with. Um... Well, I think, though, also, since mutants were kind of technically, I think, labeled first, yeah, I think then they were like, well, you're superior, we're going to be supremists, because yeah. we sound cooler. Um, but basically, this, honestly, you do, I mean, you don't have to read this book. It, Dazzler shows up in Astonishing X-Men, and you're like, who's that? It's not going to be hard to catch up. But I think though some of the repercussions from this are gonna is gonna yes. go into that because her starting a war with the other mutants basically kind of being a traitor just, to them yeah, and her just not being dicks yeah yeah because they were being honest they dicks were, they were being huge dicks but I liked I liked that whole storyline her standing up for you know wanting to be inclusive she has both people her shows are supposed to be you know all about uniting yes, power like exactly. be, be one exactly. Um, and then I liked uh, Peter showing up. P- How do you say his name? It is Peter. Yeah, but it's P I O T R. Yeah, Russian spelling. Yes, Peter. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, because he's always been a fan of Dazzler, like always. He's always been one of our biggest fans. But it's funny to me that he's also always the person that goes and gets other people to bring them back into the X Men. That is true. Yeah, he's kind of that. He is such a good he is. person. And that's why they do it, right? It's either him or Jean. And Jean's busy. <laughs> <laughs> She's underwater right now. Um, but, you know, he keeps coming. It totally reminded me of Deadpool, right? Because he would. she told him no and he would leave. And then he came back and she told him no again. And then he came back <laughs> again. And I'm like, God damn it, Peter. Fucking get a clue. <laughs> I like, though, at one point when... He was, well, I mean, I like that in this book, too, especially knowing that that's, she's going to join the team, him kind of explaining you can't, you know, you're, as you were saying in the beginning of this, you're either you're a hero or a villain with right. your powers, and that's kind of the sense of she's trying to quit, she's trying to stay away, yep. but she's seeing that there are problems that maybe she might be able to help with. That is cool, that is awesome. But what was in her van was very interesting. Oh, yeah. And it's really, I think, just a small Easter egg to kind of talk continuity-wise or who this Dazzler is. Right. Well, and it gives you kind of like, 
oh hey she's she's been in other stories maybe you should try and figure out why this is in her van which is what i did because i had no idea so the first time he rolls up she's by her van and you see inside the van and there's molnir and he even asks is that molnir in your van she's like no it's it's not it's just a, it's a friend's <laughs> yeah so i'm thinking okay it was just a prop it was funny something right. or other has nothing to do with anything. But being the excellent podcast host that we are, we did the research for you. And we found out that in a storyline they did when she was part of A-Force, they actually ran into an alternate version of Dazzler from Battleworld, who was Thor- Dazzler Thor. That was her name. <laughs> so creative. Dazzler Thor. Um, I will say this. The Thor books from... That uh, whole secret uh, war thing mm-hmm. were fucking amazing. They were intergalactic cops. Yeah. And oh, this is this is kind of news that I just remembered now. But if we're going to quick talk, I saw a Marvel, like one of those teaser, like just poster teasers. Um, Guardians or as Guardians, oh, of, the as Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And I guess that goes back to a future Thor telling the young Thor of. Have you become a space cop yet? Have you uh, become like the power of all the the suns in the universe, or you know, have you become this and that? And Young Thor's like, what? And he goes, oh, never mind, forget that. Maybe Jason Aaron's always fucking good with Thor yeah. Yeah. and setting up stuff. Like they have future stuff already that they're setting up to go to. Right. That he's also setting things in the past. If he knew, so maybe this is him. If he's part of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Space cop, so I want to see Super God Thousand Sun Thor eventually. But, anyways, going back to Thor's, it was a great book, and that's awesome that a Dazzler was part of yes, Dazzler Thor. And her her hammer was called Lightbringer, which is the name of Dazzler's band. Lightbringer and the Snicks, Snicks, (laughs) which I thought was funny, but it was just it was one of those things where it's like, why does she have a hammer if you didn't read that part? of the series, you would just kind of throw that off and say, oh, she just has a hammer. Random ass, probably replica hammer in her car as a prop. She's a singer. Who the hell knows? But it actually is the hammer from Dazzler Thor, who died because of Mpox. And during that whole storyline, you also found out Dazzler herself had Mpox. And that's how she found out she couldn't die or was very hard to kill. Which plays into more of her story. I'm telling you guys, don't just throw off Dazzler as a fucking side character. She's pretty cool. Her light can kill vampires. I don't know if you know that or not, but it's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my favorite part of this book, though, is when she is battling the mutants and she makes the two girls that are with her sing so that she has music that she can use to turn to light to battle them with. I just thought that was a great little thing to throw in there. She is kind of funny that she can't do anything without that but (laughs) anyway it was a good book i'm glad it was a one shot i don't know that i would have kept reading this book because it is very gem of the holograms or black canary when they were doing that black canary run where she was in a band i don't know that i need any more of that but it was nice to have like a little refresher course on dazzler before she shows up and it makes me think she's going to be an important part of what's going to be happening in the x-men upcoming so I'm excited. All right. Well, I have one other book that I kind of want to talk about because it was pretty heavy. And it 
once again goes with how I love what DC has been doing with the Hanna-Barbera properties. Okay. Like, I raved immensely about the whole Flintstones yes. and the social commentary and everything. Yeah. And I even talked about, I think, Jackson. issue one and two of this, but uh, Snagglepuss, or Exit Stage Left, the oh, Snagglepuss Chronicles. Yep, yep, yep. Following Snagglepuss in the nineteen like fifty three ish time, uh, during the Red Scare and how, th- like this is drawn from real life stuff and what we have is a gay man playwright, who, with his buddy Huck- Huckleberry uh, Hound, who's also gay and, I mean at the time you know these people were very closeted and were almost lynched and beaten at the times as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. Uh, and very outcast and looked down on this issue ties up kind of the series and the series as a whole is great uh talking to my brother about it because my brother is in theater he was telling me a lot more of at the time you know mccarthyism going huge strong with secretly thinking that all these people were communists and they had panels that you would right. have to go in front of to pretty much, you know, say that you're not. But then they'd be like, well, name names, name other people. Sometimes people would just name names to hopefully get them out of trouble. Right. Uh, which then those people weren't really communists, but it didn't really matter. It was kind of a bad part in American history. Yes. one of them. Yes. And with, yeah, one of them. <laughs> and with that, you, you have... Some of the real uh, characters, people uh, drawn into this comic with their names being dropped. For me, I didn't personally know some of these because I didn't study theater history, but my brother was like, yeah, that person was this and this person was this. And I do forget the main name of the person he was talking about that was kind of a straight up like kind of resisting this stuff uh, who then eventually fled the country to get away, which also was within this, this whole comic book. But there is a uh, an under another underlying uh, couple threads, one of which uh, Snagglepuss was married, but that was a front. Yeah. His girlfriend knew that. Yeah. She was in the plays and she was playing the part. He wanted to divorce her. To you know, he didn't know when he was in front of the panel in the last uh, issue, which he had did a huge like kind of monologue of why theater. You know, you can't suppress that. You. You have, it's it's just art, yeah. and you can't, you know, determine whatever people in art are even going to say things that are offensive or mm-hmm. against the culture norms because that is how art is supposed to be expressed. Right. It's supposed to change your your thought process and everything. And this was really, you know, I thought he was maybe going to be detained or go to jail, but it seems like he was pretty much blacklisted. You know, not that you know. So they didn't think he was then a real communist traitor, but he couldn't work in town anymore. While the whole thing happened, there was quick draw within the comic book as well. And he was a a cop, which was kind of funny that he was uh, a cop instead of like the old quick draw McGraw, which he was a sheriff then in those cartoons. Oh my God, it took me a minute to remember that character. And (laughs) with that, he was a cop that also was gay that he secretly had an not an affair because he was married was dating Huckleberry Hound mm. within this story and this is where the story gets like even more like in depth and stuff him and Huckleberry Hound were at the secret gay club 
And at one point, the cops got a tip. Well, mainly when they're trying to, uh, the government was trying to nail down Snagglepuss, which they thought he would be there to kind of like, ha ha, we caught you. You're, you know. We caught you being gay. Yeah. So, like, anything you say, no one's going to believe you. Well, luckily, something happened within the book where he didn't show up. But when they were there, they found Huckleberry Hound and Quickdraw kind of beat him and saying, you know, like, he was just doing it for, because he had to. Well, Huckleberry Hound committed suicide. He oh, couldn't live in a world God. like that anymore. And this has been on Quickdraw's uh, mind ever since then. And this is all about the remorse and everything. And Quickdraw, with Snagglepuss being blacklisted, how's he going to get any work? Quickdraw talks about cartoons. It's a new way of a new way to reach oh people. With the Quickdraw McGraw show. What is funny and hilarious is this is really where Snagglepuss first debuted in Hanna-Barbera on the Quick Draw, Mag- Quick Draw McGraw show back in in the, six I think, late 50s, early 60s yeah. when it debuted. What it's kind of being saying is this is kind of almost canon for the show. God, I hope so. Not only that... I mean... Aside from maybe somebody having killed themselves because... Well, they, well, but Huckleberry Hound had a son, Huckleberry Hound Jr., who also was going to join the crew and cast of writing this cartoon. You you start seeing... And at first, Snagglepuss was not all about it. He was like, I don't want to do it. But he found a letter from Huck just talking about what he thought was heaven, which was... I'm not even going to repeat it. It was a beautiful Aww. sentience of... If it's, you know, if people just forgive each other, if they go off, you don't really believe in a God, but here nor there, it was about forgiveness. And that's kind of what you see at the end, Snagglepuss going and, and joining the crew. Also, there was a huge thing with this old man in a home who was talking about his gay son and everything. And it, it almost felt like Snagglepuss was visiting him all these years because maybe this man, uh, you know, felt... He felt like, you know, maybe he could reach him for whatever his son's name was, his son Scotty. Well, when he passed away and Snagglepuss goes and he's getting the belongings, you know, someone asked him, you know, do you, you know, just sign here. And he goes, Scotty, my birth name was Scotty. You come to find out that was his father the whole time. Father who... That was Snagglepuss' father? Yeah, that he was visiting. Um... That he, you know, the father never said he was sorry kind of it felt like in this in this end that he kind of wishes that he he could have but also the the father's like but what is done is done i've never seen my son and i never so obviously the person had kind of alzheimer's right. dementia and couldn't couldn't even know that this was his son that was visiting oh, him all the time sad can we talk about how the father was not okay with his son being gay but was okay with having sex with a, a panther <laughs> or whatever he is. Well, that's I mean, in this world of <laughs> I know they're anthropomorphic and it doesn't really matter, but I'm just putting this out there like I also thought that was <laughs> an interesting thing too. Like seriously, let's talk about this here. <laughs> what I loved is is the moral to this book and everything was um I was talking about how um you know, the, he, he, they didn't they didn't win. And the person that, uh, you know, was at this, this gay bar was that Snagglepuss went into was saying, you know, in the last few years, though, all these other places opened up. The raids and everything didn't scare people away. And 
it proved that places were possible. And, you know, Snagglepush, you didn't fight the system to win. You fought it to show that it can be done. And that was kind of a cool thing to where it, it made it seem like all the stuff and real stuff that happened in real life, they fought, they lost at the time, but it still prevailed where right. we have our rich theater culture mm-hmm. and artistry in the world because of people, not like Snagglepuss, but like real people right. in, in the arts that fought right. at that time. And I thought it was, it was great. Um, also, with within... Uh, within the back of all these was this Detective Sasquatch book, which I don't think this was ever a Hanna-Barbera thing. But you have this giant Sasquatch detective with her uh, Uh partner who does not necessarily like being partnered with her because whenever she gets wet, she smells like (laughs) a dog's ass after diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) And... Also, like, there's one where she went into a beauty parlor undercover. Mm. And when she's getting, like, a massage and everything, and her toenails, like, trimmed down and everything, like, and then this person goes, you know, what are you doing, detective? And what blew my cover? <laughs> You're a giant fucking Sasquatch. <laughs> like, it was a really, it was comical. It was a cool, it was a much-needed, like, from the seriousness in, in the exit stage yeah. laugh part, it was each one of these episodes or little shorts were hilarious in the way. And this one left where it seemed like it's the end for now. Like it may continue. I actually really like this character yeah, because of how, not, I don't want to say stupid. She seems like she's a good detective Ridiculous. because she's like a power, but yeah. yeah how she oblivious she is to everyone else like the fact that she's a giant sasquatch yeah and they sometimes talk about her past like you know what was it like uh growing up and well it was you know a lot of hiding from people (laughs) and everything and there was even a a a part where um her partner was saying uh you know she said something about um Blah blah blah. Nice Scooby do reference. Does that make you Scooby? And she goes racist much. <laughs> and he goes no no at all. It was a, a joke. She goes relax. I was kidding. Okay cool because I'd never do that. And she goes seriously though like blah, blah, like because I guess that's kind of would be kind of a a bad thing to right. call a Sasquatch as a yeah. dog. Yeah it I I liked it. All in all, uh, great fucking series and. Yeah. They also did the crossovers again. Those came out, I think, last week. I just picked them up. I haven't been able to read them. I'm very looking forward to yeah. reading Aquaman and Jabberjaw. Oh, my God. So I will probably talk oh about those God. next week. Yeah. You got to let me borrow those once you're done with them. Definitely will. <laughs> oh, so those were some some books. Those were, those were some books. Did you uh, get a chance to see the trailer for Into the Spider-Verse? I did. I had originally not really reading up on it. I was thinking that it was going to be more of the series, the Spider-Verse series that really went to a lot of different universes. Right, the one that was very good. Yes, Um, yes. it was a very good uh, comic book uh, series. I don't think this is the appropriate 
title for this because within the trailer you see that Peter has come over to Miles right. Morales' world. Cool, awesome, and this is going to be Miles Morales-centric. You do see a Spider-Gwen. Yes. But I don't feel that's the Spider-Verse. I mean, I'm just nitpicking the title. Right. But you can call it whatever because well, there's not a real-life Spider-Verse thing ever going to happen. And we don't know if there's going to be more. Like, we know Spider-Gwen's going to be in there, who they've renamed to be Ghost Spider, I believe, in this. Because in the comic book, she's technically, even though everybody calls her Spider-Gwen, she's technically Spider-Woman. And supposedly there's already a Spider-Woman in this. Mm -hmm. So they can't have two Spider-Women, I guess. I don't know. There's multiple Spider-Men. I don't know why they can't have multiple Spider-Women. I guess it's confusing and you can't tell boobs apart or something. I don't know. But <laughs> um, so that, you know, there's there's Peter Parker, his universe. There's Miles. There's the ultimate universe, which is Miles. And then there's the Spider-Verse that Gwen comes from. So there's three. So there's three Spider-Verses. So I think yeah. it's fine. It's just being avid readers, we had read the Spider-Verse. So... We correlate the two, and I bet you lots of people do not. <laughs> so, I think it'll be fine. I hope Spider-Ham shows up, though. I really want them. I, that's what. That's the one that I'm really <laughs> thinking of. He's my favorite. Um, I'm excited about this. I like Miles Morales. I like him as a character, and I love Spider-Gwen a lot. I love her outfit. I love her attitude. I like the whole series. Um... I do hope they bring more spider people in. I hope they make it so that there can be multiple of these movies because that would be really cool. Uh, they did the Spider-Verse in the Ultimate Spider-Man TV show that was on for a while. And they did a very good job with that. And it was it, it was like the Spider-Verse comic series that they did, but made for kids. So I'm wondering if they're going to lean more in that direction and kind of like play in that world without making it super dark. Because the Spider-Verse story was super dark. I mean, people were eating Spider-Man. That was the whole... Yeah. That was the whole plot line of the series. <laughs> <laughs> and this this movie is probably going to be rated PG or PG-13 at the most. So, mm -hmm. you know, you can't really go into that <laughs> in this movie. So, I'm fine with the title. I think it'll be good. I really love the animation in it. I think it looks pretty cool. So... Uh, there's been talk again of, you know, will Fantastic Four or X-Men, you know, be joining the Marvel Universe and everything, and that all comes down to when the deal happens. Right. And, uh, Kevin Feige tweeted out that, you know, he can see that happening. However... Comcast has swooped in, and we talked about this a couple months ago. I almost Comcast. sneezed, but I didn't. <laughs> you were ready on that pause button, though. <laughs> Comcast had uh, come in and, and offered a little bit more lucrative yeah. deal. Cash. Cash. Well, as we had explained then, even with the cash and everything, it would not benefit in the long run both. Disney and, and Fox would lose money by breaking the deal that they're already in. However, it seems like Comcast is trying one more time, Ugh, and cash is a lot better than getting stocks in Disney, even though from what was reported, uh, Rupert Murdoch was thinking, you know, 
Disney stocks aren't as great as they used to be. I'm like, what the fuck are you reading? Like, yeah. uh, they keep going through the roof with how good their everything is that yeah. they touch. So, I almost think stocks would be a little bit better in the long run. But then again, cash is now and, right. and how that works. He's old, so... That's what, yeah, now... Yeah, he kind of wants the now. <laughs> I don't want to see Comcast. God, no. Again, I, I will say... I've had them for cable, and when you have to call with a problem, it's the worst. So I can't imagine them making my X-Men movies. Yes. And even though I also am very against Disney, you know... Monopolizing the yes. comic book industry. I yeah. feel with even some other recent things, though, that Disney has been doing, i rather have... And it's... Because it, it's more than just the, the Marvel properties. I want... I don't even want them to have... I wish there was another entity... I wish Fox would kind of just be around. I don't I want there to be multiple, not monopolies. Right, right. So I wish this whole thing wasn't happening. I do wish they could get along and some things. I just want, just have them have Fantastic Four. Just yeah. let, let, I'd be fine with them let Marvel have, yeah, no, X-Men can be their own universe. Well, we don't need to have Avengers they don't have, versus they don't, to, they don't have to cross, but it would be nice to have a Marvel grade X-Men movie because I'm very scared. For the Phoenix one. And I'm probably going to be really disappointed in it. Oh, uh, yes. And that's not going to be fixed by this anyway, because it's already done or almost mm-hmm. done. I, I will say this, though. Uh, Disney has talked about their own online streaming. I didn't quite think about it at the time, even though it was well known and established, that it's going to be a PG-13 you know, kind of channel. Makes so sense. Disney makes some things that are R. Yes specifically the Netflix Marvel shows, which I've then recently found out that Disney Disney has no say in those anymore. They were their the rights were bought and everything by Netflix. They will be made by Netflix or they will kind of die by Netflix. I mean it doesn't mean that Netflix stops. Disney can't continue right, the cage and all of them. Characters, but right. yeah, but those so those are never going to be something that are gonna be pulled from Netflix. That's good. And that's yeah. With the Luke Cage season two coming out oh, soon, so excited about that. I am, but uh, you know, I feel that things haven't been as good since Daredevil two or season two with the Punisher and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, Defenders was lukewarm at best. Yeah, I loved Jessica Jones and, and Luke Cage. We won't even talk about that third one that was in there, and the Punishers. That was fucking phenomenal. <laughs> the Punisher. Wow. But I loved the second season of Jessica Jones, so I'm still really excited for Luke Cage. That was my favorite one by far. Speaking of streaming services, DC is now going to do one. Yes. I don't know. Well. It's almost getting cheaper to have cable now. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, we all wanted, Uh we all wanted just, I want to be able to buy what I want to watch. Because cable's so expensive, I just, I don't want to watch everything that's on cable. I just want to pay for... What I want to watch. Well, now I fucking want to watch everything, and I have to pay $10 a month for each of them. The one thing I have to say about DC, though, which I think is a really interesting give me, is not only are they doing the streaming service with, uh, you know, their their movies and cartoons and their original series that they're going to do, but they're also including their not all of their comics, but like a good catalog of their comic books. So when you sign up for their streaming service, you can also go in and read digitally a ton of their comic books. Okay, I was going to say, I don't know how big... 
I mean, Disney isn't making a Marvel like streaming service. Right. They're doing a Disney. Right. There's a shitload. I don't know why Warner Brothers isn't doing one when they already have a network anyways. Right. But it doesn't seem like those are going to be coming onto the streaming service. I really... Uh, the executives of some of these places, man. Yeah. Some people might sign up for it. You know what's going to happen? A lot more people are going to be like, fuck this shit. Like... I, you know, I don't want to pay for it. It depends. So it'll all depend on, because they're coming out, they have, right now they have four, again, they have me at the catalog thing. If I can pay $10 a month and get access to a shit ton of DC comic books, then I might do it just for that. Um, but they have some, they have four original programs already planned. One of them being Swamp Thing, which I don't, it doesn't say whether it's going to be animated or live series. I'm kind of hoping live series. And if that's awesome, then they'll they'll get people or if any of the other, if they're gonna do the live action titans show which i whatever it's gonna be like a cw show i'm sure so i don't have any hopes for that one at all um but i they're also doing the third season of young justice which i know a, a lot, lot of people, people want yep. yes and uh, animated harley quinn series which she might be reaching her peak saturation <laughs> point so i don't know how well that's gonna do but the the swamp thing and the Young Justice series, I think it all hinges on that. If those are amazing, then they'll be successful. If the Swamp Thing is a piece of shit, it's not going to go well for them. So they really need to just throw a shit ton of money and production at this series and make it the best possible thing they've ever made and leave Warner Brothers out of it entirely. <laughs> Don't let them put any of their hands on any of this stuff. Oh, uh... Two things that, uh, well, one, I can kind of give a shit less. So HBO is developing a pilot to Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's kind of been thought about a lot, but it's been officially... A prequel. Yes, a prequel to it. Yay! It's thousands of years before the current series. I don't care. Thousands. Though. I mean, yes, because I guess I'm going to still watch Lord of the Rings and some of that lore, but I don't think that... Like, who's, but who, so, it's interesting. The reason why I love Game of Thrones, it's the intrigue, it's the people, the players right. of this game. Right. I, the world isn't that interesting. I don't care about the past shit. Well, may, maybe, though, because they could go into, like, the origins of everything that there is now, right? The fucking White Walkers and the, all the creatures that we're just now finding out about and stuff mm -hmm. like that. That could be interesting. And I'll say, Star Wars, all right, they have their series that they've, it's books, but they went, their Old Republic stuff is thousands of years in the future from mm -hmm. the Star Wars, and apparently it's the best stuff ever. I did see Solo, and I was oh. surprised. God, I, I loved that movie so much. I did not hate it. I totally went in thinking I was going to hate it. Yeah, it was good. It was decent. There was a couple things in there. Uh, How about that end? That was interesting. Yeah. And I there were some questions that I guess, I, like I said, I never really care about the character. There were some questions that they answered of things that go, huh. Yeah. That's well, kind of cool to like, know that. Like how his name is Han Solo. Yeah. yeah that, I, that was actually one of my favorite yeah, parts. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, that was a, a decent Yay. one. Um, another show, though, that I'm quite happy to find out about uh, with one of the main uh, characters being named now. Uh, I didn't know they were making his Dark Materials, BBC oh, was doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. James McAvoy yes. is going to be uh, oh. one of the, the main characters. 
I read those books. They're good. They're good. They're very good. And I'm so pissed. The movie, Golden Compass, was an amazing I it was movie. Pretty, yeah. I, even, it was a good movie. I wanted to see what they were going to do yes. with it. It was originally planned a trilogy, but movie yes. people are like, it didn't make enough money. Well, and not to get super political or anything, but the book is very anti-religious. And when that movie came out, it drew a lot of ire from the religious community. The loud ones. Most religious people love movies of all kinds. <laughs> but, and I think that hurt it a lot, unfortunately. So I'm excited that they're going through with this, too. Um, as we had talked about the black and silver or silver and black oh. uh, movie not going forward, yeah. with the script and everything, because you always feel like that's a cop-out. Right. So Suicide Squad is hiring new writers for yeah. their... Hmm, what does, what does that spell? Yeah. It, Trouble? Yeah. Well, they should have hired new writers for the first one. <laughs> no. uh, I also heard that they for sure have decided to do a standalone Joker movie. Oh, yeah, and that's why. No, I... Yeah. Th- that, I think... No, I, there's so many people that just do not like that Joker. No. Why would you... What? How, did, how does Leto have so much power? Like... It, it it defies. He saw somebody somewhere kill somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he to knows him, something. To give him that leeway of like, hey, I want to do the Joker this way, and someone exec goes, right, yeah, sure. that'd be cool. Yeah. Like, no, that's it's way. I mean, they would no have one... to give him one hell of a script in order for that movie to get. He's just up. not. He's not comic book Joker at all. He's no. just a weird, deranged. Right. That has never been the joke ever in any of his iterations. I would say the best on screen was uh, fuck no, uh, uh, Nicholas or Jack, uh, Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholson. Or yeah, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholas is a golf player. Yeah, I know. I, I, I always I, get, I that get those two. <laughs> because yeah. he was smart, but he wasn't just chaotic. Heath Heath Ledger's was crazy awesome, yes. but even he was a little bit more of just for this idea and stuff right. where the real joker is just about the the laugh right the, the, not an overall kind of like political so it's making. been theorized and i think we've talked about this before that there are three distinct jokers no it's been yeah it's been talked about right yeah. so and he and with heath ledger's being the psycho and jack nicholson's being the joker mm-hmm. and jared leto's being the thug Right. We don't need that to spill out into no, the DC EU. That... I didn't think it was great. I'm more excited about if they end up for sure doing it. I hope so. I hope they're working on it. The Martin Scorsese produced Joker standalone Elseworlds sort of movie that they were planning on doing, written by Adam McKay. Um, yeah, my, my cool cousin that I've never met before <laughs> or is related to. Yeah. So we'll see how, how if that one comes. I would much rather have that one than this other thing that they're I don't know um makes me sad now I'm sad thanks Tony (laughs) um two things uh actually a couple things one finally Kingdom Hearts 3 being released oh shit I saw that about fucking time 15 years later it's been a while I have as I've said before I bought my PS4 for one game and it's the only game I bought besides it came with a couple games was for Fallout 4 
I'm so glad that this is going to be also on PS4. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to have another game to play Yay. January 29th next year. Wow. Still a ways away, but at least we have a date in sight. Right. I hope it lives up to the hype. Yeah. Uh, E3 is going to be happening as with this post, so next week probably talking a bit more games and hopefully cool. having a, a little bit more. That's good to know. I'll prepare. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> another thing the Green Lantern writer responds to what happened at the end of Deadpool 2 he loved it he he knows that it tanked he I'm took it in stride I'm so glad that everyone involved in that movie collectively was like oh this is a piece of shit yeah. <laughs> like own up to your mistakes they probably shouldn't have done it it's fine we all make mistakes uh, yeah, and uh, I think that Marvel's going to make a mistake soon. Uh, you think so? I think Charles Soule is going to do something interesting and weird that I don't like. So, what? with the return of, of Logan, of Wolverine coming back, right. he's going to have new powers. Really? Yep. Fire claws. Oh, God damn it! why? Somehow they can heat up. Why? I don't know. Maybe that's how they're going to... he was melted. It's it's probably going to be how he probably ripped out, and that might be the, the big thing. But then that's again, though, they, yeah, that's not it. Yeah, they already did explain. Yeah. There. yeah. So I hope that... I don't that's know what this... stupid. It's don't a dump. do it. Why would you need your claws to heat up? What, what practical use is that going to do besides ripping someone's face off? Like... What does heat do? I guess if you want to like cut through something really hard without putting in a lot of effort, because I feel like he can do that anyway. He just has to work at it. Well, they're like there is a there is a plan, but it's I I just don't. I mean, Charles Soule is part of like the the big architect of when he the death of Wolverine yes. and everything, and I he's a great writer. I I like what he has done right. with X Men characters. I don't think this is something that you need to sell to the general public. Having him come back is great. The hunt he's, for him right now has been great. I think that he's powered enough as it is. Like, literally, the fact that he has those claws and can regenerate from fucking mush. Yeah. Is fine. He doesn't need anything else. Why do we need to give, give new power to somebody else? <laughs> Many other mutants could use new powers. Logan is not one of them. Yeah, I'm not not looking forward to that. Damn it, Charles. Um, so uh, the last thing that I have is there may be news coming out this week from Disney about Avengers Four. Really? Yep. Uh, it has been hinted at that is there the is probably who knows. I mean, it could be that. I think that they've really been waiting. I think until Ant Man and Wasp to come out, but it seems like. We might finally get just a little bit more uh, info on what could be. Mm. Who knows? It's it's kind of rumored right now, but they're hoping that we might know. And speaking of Avengers uh, Infinity War, not number four, but the, the main one, there is a person who has seen it so far 47 times. Oh, my God. Good for them for being rich. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I think that's and not like, having to spend their money on anything else. That's almost like once a day. Yeah. So far since it's come out. I wonder if they work at the movie theater. I don't know, but like on Twitter, this person had you know talked about his love for the film that he's seen it that many times, 
In fact, uh, IMAX has now donated 50 tickets so he can keep the streak up to go to 100. Oh, my God. To top that off, the Russo brothers have given him two tickets to the premiere of Avengers 4. What? If I knew that all I had to do was spend $400 on going to see a movie, (laughs) (laughs) then I would have done that shit, too. Fucking crazy-ass fanboys. Imagine, though, if he was the first to tweet it, though, and then you spent all that money. Yeah. Didn't get those tickets. Yeah, I, that's that's a bit crazy. I love that movie. There so, are, are lots of things I would spend four hundred dollars on, and it's not to see a movie forty seven times. No, and I, that's generous. That's that's like keeping it or or less than ten dollars a movie. Yeah, and we all know, depending on where you live, it could be way, way more, more than, than that. that. So, <laughs> well, um, crazy fuckers. So, Booze in the Book this week uh, is an interesting pairing because, well, I, I'm i kind of lazy this week. And this week? <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> and really, I was trying to think of, there was a lot of good books for Marvel this week. And this is the beginning of their fresh start. So, I, didn't, I felt like I couldn't single out one. So, I was just thinking something... You know, number one, something of a fresh start, and we have the perfect beer for this. So, so East, you can you can do this with any of these yes. number ones. So Eastbound Brewing Company out of Toronto, CA, <laughs> a, um, has this line of beers called Fresh Start, and they keep changing it. It's not always the same. It's Fresh Start Cashmere, Fresh Start Comet. Fresh Start Nugget. So they always have a different version of this Fresh Start out, which totally goes with what Marvel is doing right now. They keep changing it, making it fresh. You can pick and choose what beer you want to drink with what book. I think it's perfect. I think the two should collaborate. (laughs) (laughs) So that is the the boozes and books. Boozes and books. All right, uh, Lynn, you got any words of wisdom for... Well, that made it this far. Good job, guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Clearly, you're the best. You're the best around. Yep. Yes, with that. Uh, Tony loves knockers. I, His shirt says so. Yes, door knockers. <laughs> it's the only kind that I like. I've been staring at it this whole show. You've been staring at my chest the whole time. I've been staring at your chest, at your knocker this whole time. <laughs> Stay thirsty for knockers. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> We're terrible people. Yeah, well, yeah. Everybody knows that by now. <laughs> <laughs>